This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Tipped in front, loose. Oh my goodness! And somehow that stayed out too. They're on their feet in Calgary. Kiprasov kicks that out of midair with his heel. You want to talk athleticism. You want to talk competing. Watch Look that, that save. Stopped by Kiprasov. He did it again. Lays it back to Burns. Shot. Rebound. And somehow Kiprasov kept it out. He got the scorpion. Your franchise leader in wins by a goaltender. Number 34, Mika If that doesn't get you excited for Saturday night at the Scotiabank Saddledome, I don't know what will. CBC, TSN, Sportsnet, all of those great clips over the years of Mika Kiprasov, whose number 34 will officially be raised to the rafters at the Dome on Saturday when the Calgary Flames take on the Pittsburgh Penguins. We will hear from the man himself. Mika Kiprasov will address the media as he's back in Calgary a little later on this afternoon as Calgary gets ready to celebrate one of the greatest flames of all time. Welcome to Sportsnet Today. It's Logan Gordon along with you. Happy Friday. Happy March. Glad to be along with you in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. We have an absolute ton to talk to you about on this Friday edition of the show. Yes, Mika Kiprasov's jersey retirement. The ceremony is Saturday at the Dome. Reminder, 6.20, the ceremony begins. So if you're heading to the Dome to watch Mika Kiprasov's uh, jersey retirement ceremony, to watch his number be raised to the rafters, get to the Dome early on Saturday. Again, just after uh, Hour 2 kicks off, we will hear live from Mika the rare media opportunities with one of the greatest flames of all time. He's going to talk about what this honor means to him. He'll address the Calgary media. For those of you listening live, that's coming up just after 2.15 this afternoon. Those of you on the podcast, just after uh, we get going on hour two this afternoon. Of course, we'll get you ready for that game on Saturday. The Flames were also back on the practice ice for the first time since they traded Chris Tanev to the Dallas Stars. Means new D pairings for head coach Ryan Huska. I'll tell you what the lines and D pairings look like at practice on Friday. Hear from head coach Ryan Huska and his thoughts. First time he addresses the media following the trade of Chris Tanev. And we'll also hear from current Flames goaltender Jacob Markstrom. Some really, really interesting comments from the Flames goaltender this afternoon about the process of uh, the trades and the direction of the team. Uh, we will hear from Jacob Markstrom coming up in just a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, a spicy edition of Sportsnet today uh, when we hear from Jacob coming up in just moments. It'll be one of the first things we touch on on the program. Quick reminder, fan feedback line open to you at 960-960. Would love your thoughts uh, on the program today, whether it's something that you hear Want to share some great Mika Kiprasov moments? Would love to do that with you as well. Uh, and my outstanding producers this afternoon is the one and only Cam Hughes. And we're kicking things off 
yes, at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. We'll get more on Mika Kiprasov and his return to Calgary coming up very shortly. But uh, we start at the Dome today where life began for the Calgary Flames post-Chris Tanev. The Flames defender traded earlier this week to the Dallas Stars. Of course, Artem Grishnikov and a pair of draft picks coming back to the Calgary Flames. But no NHL-ready body. So how would head coach Ryan Huska align his new D-pairings at practice? Well, for our pal Pat Steinberg, the host of Flames Talk and Flames Hockey here on Sportsnet 960, the fan I can tell you, this is what the forwards and D-pairings looked like at practice Friday at the Dome. Derry, Kadri, Pospisil, Manjapani, Backlund, Coleman, Huberto with Sharon Govich and Hunt, Pelche with Rooney, and Walker Dewar and Andre Kuzmenko rotating on the fourth line. Expecting to see Andre Kuzmenko back in the lineup Saturday, but we'll wait for the head coach to confirm that. And on the defensive side of things, here's how it looks. Shillington with Anderson, Hannafin with Weger, Osterley with Pahal, Dennis Gilbert as your seventh defenseman. Your two goaltenders out on the ice Friday, Jacob Markstrom and Dan Vladar. So once again, the forward lines, pretty much the same. Expecting to see Andre Kuzmenko back on Saturday. But the D pairings, minus Chris Tanev, Shillington with Anderson, Hannafin with Weger, Osterley with Pahal Gilbert as your number seven defenseman. I thought those were really... Interesting way to go about things for head coach Ryan Huska. Uh, I, I really like that Shillington-Anderson pairing. Not only do I think it's going to work well on the ice, but I think it's a tremendous compliment to what Oliver has been able to do in a handful of games coming back to this team and how good the head coach feels about his game going forward. Uh, I, it's nice to see Mackenzie Weger back on that right side. As good as he's been this year and as much as the offensive numbers have started to pop for McKenzie. There's always been that thought in the back of my mind. What would it look like if he did get to play back on his natural side, his natural right side? Because we've seen him be dominant at times doing that, especially going back to the world championships. And, you know, our pal Aaron Vickers from NHL.com, who was there, will tell you he just looks a step more comfortable. And, uh, you know, things just come a little bit easier when you're playing on your natural side. And, uh, we'll get to see it at least for Saturday, maybe Monday against Seattle. We're still, of course, uh, under the assumption that between now and the NHL's trade deadline next Friday, that uh, the Flames will be without Noah Hannafin at some point going forward. But at least for the next couple of games, Mackenzie Weger back to his natural side on a pairing with Noah Hannafin. And then Jordan Osterley is the guy that gets the call up into the lineup. He's on that third pairing with Braden Pahal. Let's hear from the head coach, Ryan Huska. Checking in with the head coach for the first time since the team traded away Chris Tanev, his strategy and his thoughts going forward into a game Saturday at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Maybe just uh, a word on the weekend ahead and just the, the excitement level of, you know, getting to, to be part of something that doesn't happen every day in terms of the number. Yeah, it's a neat thing. I mean, the Jerome thing, I was lucky to play with Jerome in junior, and I thought that was one of the cooler nights that I was a part of. Um, and this will be no different. They're, they're neat and special nights, and then you, you double down on that with the Penguins being in town. I think it's, it makes for a really great night. I know when Elias Lindholm was traded, you said you can't replace him with one guy. 
would have to be by committee. Can the same be said about Chris Tanev? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we all know the type of player that Chris was uh, while he was here. Um, and, you know, one guy's not going to pick up the slack in, in the way he used to play the game. So it's what we've done as a team over the last little while. I think that's the most important thing that we continue to do. And um, we, we seem to have found our team game where everybody's kind of pulling in the same direction. And to me, that's the most important thing. How did you decide to, uh, or, or how did you come to the decision on putting the pairings together? We haven't yet. No. You know, there's basically seven guys that we kind of rolled around in different spots today, so that's more conversation that we'll have later today. Presumably the, the guys here, I mean, they've been fighting to stay in the playoff hunt. You've been happy with the effort, and then yeah. they, they lose one of their, a teammate who's a very important player. What is the message to them? Because I'm sure it's a little deflating. Yeah, it's opportunity for people. Like, let's be quite honest. When there's certain guys that die for more ice time, and there's certain guys to get themselves in the lineup, and when you, whether it be an injury or someone's removed from your team because of a trade, this is opportunity for people. So now this is their chance to show that I deserve more minutes than what I'm getting or I deserve to be in the lineup on a regular basis. So that's what it becomes, like fitting in with what we're doing as a team and making sure you're prepared for the opportunity that's coming your way. How do you get them to maintain belief that that playoff spot is attainable? Because it is. Could, you, could your number six defenseman be matchup dependent? Because Osterley and Gilbert are different players. Uh, so I, I'm not – say that again, Wellesley? Uh, your number six defenseman, like the whoever gets the opportunity to, to yeah. take Chris's spot in the yeah. lineup, could that be matchup dependent? Because you've yeah. got two different types of players. There. I see what you're saying. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we know that um, Ozzy's more of a, uh, a skating defenseman. He's very mobile, and Dennis has a little bit more edge when he plays the game. So that is something that we will look at for sure. Can you talk about how what a task it is for you and the team to overcome this morale? You know, this is a blow to their morale, losing Tanner, but also you've got a two-hour pregame ceremony tomorrow that all by itself can be a real distraction for a team. Talk about that challenge. Yeah, the ceremony, that's a good distraction. You know, you celebrate someone that was a, a real important player to this franchise that people know a lot about. Um, there's extra energy in the building. So for me, that's not an issue. And when it comes for a morale thing, um, our team all year long has been um, scratching and clawing against some of the outside noise, and they've done a really good job of eliminating that. And I don't anticipate anything different from our group tomorrow night. You anticipate Kuzmenko ready to return? Uh, that's he might be a game time decision. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. I know he was full in practice today, and our hope is that he will be ready to go. And we'll see. We'll see tomorrow. We know that Chris was, was pretty loved in the locker room, and I'm using the word loved intentionally just having talked to those guys. Yeah. But, I mean, also there seems to be an amazement at just his toughness. Um, as a coach, just having a guy who was willing to sort of sacrifice his body like that, what, what was that? Uh, well, like other players, I mean, you, you learn to trust the player because of what he brings to the table. And, and Chris had something that was special in regards to seeing the game defensively. You talk about him seeing it defensively like one of the elite players sees it offensively that was the difference where um, he brought something a little different to the table and um, the way he approached the game was something that I know rubbed off on a lot of our players so for me that's the most important thing they've had a, a great opportunity to learn from a guy like that and now it's up to them to take advantage of opportunity. It seemed everyone who played with Chris got better as a player what can they learn from Chris Tano? Um, the same sort of thing that they learned from him it's their time now I keep going back to that opportunity that's what's in front of guys now so if you are a guy that um, played with him in the past and he helped bring you along, now you have obligation to make sure you're prepared to play and you're going to help bring someone else along. So it's about make, making sure that they're, they're committed to doing things the way our team needs it done. Ryan, has Oliver had enough runway now being back that you'd be comfortable 
giving him a bunch more minutes if he kind of slides into that top four. Yeah, I think Oliver could handle 40 minutes a night the way he skates, so I'm, I'm not worried about him with extra minutes. Like his, his is more about the touch and the feel that comes with playing a little bit more regular, but he's been in the lineup for a long time now, so I'm not concerned about that at all. There we go. Checking in with the head coach uh, after practice on Friday at the Scotiabank Saddledome. First time hearing from head coach Ryan Huska since Chris Tanev was traded, and there's a lot there from the head coach on that front. Um, you heard Pat ask him about you know the deep pairings and going forward, so maybe we wait and see if what we saw Friday is an actual indication of what the Flames take into their first game post-Tanev trade on Saturday. Did give a warm review of, of Oliver Shillington if he needs to play on that top pairing with uh, with Rasmus Anderson, that he feels he's at a spot where he could physically do that, no problem with the kind of skater that he is. That was interesting to hear. And the the biggest word there from Ryan Huska that you have to, I think, clamp onto if you're a, a player in that locker room is opportunity, right? He, you got to try to sell that for a team in a playoff push here in that locker room. And again, whether you disagree with that or agree with that or not, that's how they have to operate. The head coach is selling it as, hey, we just lost a guy that plays really key moments for us defensively. It's a big part of our penalty kill. Who's going to step up? Who's going to bring their best to the table to try to make up for that? And for guys like Dennis Gilbert and Jordan Osterley, who have operated as six, seven defensemen, you know, it's a big opportunity for them to prove that they can be everyday NHLers, even if it's not with Calgary long term. The opportunity is still there for them to to make a good impression uh, on a lot of different people. Oliver Shillington will be wanting to prove that he's back to a point where he can take more minutes on and perhaps be a top-pairing defenseman if this team needs it. I think Mackenzie Weger will be eager to prove that he can you know, still be effective on his natural right side. There's a lot going on with this team, especially when it comes to the D-pairings and... We'll wait and see because we still know there's that extra shoe that still hasn't dropped yet, and the opportunity and the minutes are still going to come when the Flames eventually trade away Noah Hannafin before the NHL's trade deadline coming up next Friday. Also, you heard there, Andre Kuzmenko was back at practice today on that fourth line with Pelche and Rooney operating on the right side uh, in and out with Walker Dewar. Could be ready to go Saturday. Coach says it'll be a game-time decision. So perhaps the return of Andre Kuzmenko after missing the last couple of games due to illness could come Saturday when the Flames take on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Let's hear from uh, one of the guys on that defense, uh, Rasmus Anderson. Obviously spent a lot of time with Chris Tanev uh, and now is going to be tasked with leading this decor along with Mackenzie Weger as the guys eventually get shipped out. We know Chris Tanev's one of those quiet leaders. He's won an A for this group. Um, now Rasmus Anderson going to be one of those guys that has to take on major moments for this major minutes for this Calgary Flames team offensively and defensively. And uh, he talked about that, talked a bit about Kipper soft night coming up at the saddle dome as well. When he spoke to the media Friday, uh, Friday following practice at the saddle dome. Rasmus, obviously Chris, Chris Taylor was training a couple days ago. What, what does the approach have to be for this group losing such a big piece of the defensive? Well, you know, first of all, uh, you know, sad day. Uh, we all love Chris in here, and uh, just an 
great person and um, great leader to have in her team. And um, I honestly can't say good enough, uh, good things, um, not enough good things about Chris. And uh, we'll miss him for sure. And um, and uh, yeah, but you know, you know how the NHL is. You just got to move on. And um, but at the same time, we're all humans. So it was a sad day. Um, I guess two days ago, and today, uh, you know, first first half rink without him. So uh, we'll miss him for sure. It makes the job harder, obviously. He was such a defensive He throws himself in the box. What did you guys have to do? Is it fought so hard to, you know, be in a position to make a playoff? Right yeah. Uh, just, you know, everyone, everybody's going to pick it up a little bit. You know, there's... There's not one guy who can replace Chris, and uh, we all got to do our part and um, just pick up the slack. Already, well, already on uh, after this trade at practice today, we've seen the defense pairings change. Could you describe what that adjustment has been like? Yeah, um, you know, I had a brief conversation with Husk, and uh, you know, uh, still not sure really what we're going to do with it. But uh, you know, if I'm with um, Chili, you know, Weeksy or Hanny or someone else, it doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, it's um, for I guess us old guys who've been around for a little bit. It's um, we got to step it up now when Chris is gone, and um, that's just the reality of it. And um, yeah, so it doesn't matter who you play with; you just got to find the chemistry, uh, chemistry uh, as soon as possible. Does it make it any easier? I mean, you knew the trade was coming. I mean, right? But but it, it still doesn't cushion the blow. No, I mean, no. It, you know, it's uh, you know, you obviously. Kind of figured I was going to come, and um, but once it once it happens, uh, you know, you still get sad. And uh, unfortunately, you know, we we met up with them a few of us uh, last night, and uh, you know, kind of said our goodbyes. And uh, so it was it was nice to see him, and that he's still in town. And um, but yeah, it was as I said, sad day today without him at the rink. He's been uh, he's been a big part of my life for the last uh, you know three and a half years of. Uh, I've learned so much, uh, so much from Chris, and um, all I can really say is, you know, a big thank you to Chris, and uh, he's taught me a lot, and uh, he's just been a, been a hell of a teammate and uh, and a hell of a person to be around. What's the biggest thing you learned from? Sorry, there's a lot of people talking. Yeah. What's the biggest thing you learned from Chris? Just you know, his approach every day. It's it's always the same, and um, you know, it doesn't matter who you are in the room. He's he's arguably one of the nicest guys in the room, and um, you know. Uh, you know, you can. He's one of those guys you can call in the middle of the night, and he'll pick up and just be there for you. And um, so, yeah, I'll miss Chris for sure. And um, as I said, it's, uh, it's a sad day today without him. Is it is a big is it a big task ahead of you guys to keep morale up? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, as I said, it's it's how the it's how the league works. You know, if uh, if you're an expiring deal and you're out of playoffs, uh, it's most likely you've been traded, right? And uh, you've been in the business long enough. Uh, you know, it was similar when, you know, Gio left. Uh, and uh, so, you know, you just got to move on and, um, and uh, you know, stay in the present kind of. And, uh, you know, we got a, obviously a big night tomorrow with uh, with the Kipper retirement and, uh, you know, Pittsburgh coming in here. Uh, you know, a desperate team is, desperate team is us. So it's going to be, um, you know, you got to keep the morale up. And, uh, you know, as I said, everybody got to pick up a little bit. This group has done such a good job. When Zdorov was traded, when Lindholm was traded, just kind of staying on task and, and keeping on doing the work. Feel like you guys are capable of that with this one? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, we talked about it this morning. You know, we're, I think, you know, since the break, I think, you know, we're, we've been a really good team. And uh, it's, it's not one guy and it's, 
you know, no, it's not two guys. It's all 23 guys that's in the lineup, and uh, that's that's been our strength as of late, and that's just what we got to keep doing. And uh, you know, we're a deep team, and uh, we just gotta we gotta stick with it night in and night out, and we gotta play a full 60 minutes. And and when we do, you know, we've had we've had a lot of success lately. We've beaten some really good teams, so uh, you know, that's just the recipe, and. Uh, we got to stick with it. To, to, make up for, to make up for Chris's absence, do you guys have to change your game in any way, shape? Or? Uh, as I said, uh, you know, everybody's just got to pick, pick it up a little bit. I just wonder more about Chris. Like, you mentioned how nice a guy he was. And it almost contrasts with the fact that, like, he just seemed to be able to play through pain in a way that no one I've ever seen was. From yeah. inside the locker room, was it as impressive? Yeah, I mean, I'll probably end up telling my kids one day that, uh, you know, his shoulder was completely torn and uh, he still came back and played one or two playoff games. So uh, that's just a that's just a warrior he is on the ice. But, uh, you know, uh, as I said, you, you know, you in, in a dressing room, you know, for sure you'll miss him on the ice as well. But you, you, you'll definitely miss Chris the person. In stretches like this where you're still playing for the playoffs, we hear a lot of people will say you take it one day at a time. But do you ever get let yourself go in a situation where you're looking at the schedule and you're looking at the teams ahead and you're no. realizing who's there? No, not really. Uh, you know, you, you keep track of uh, who the other teams are playing, I guess, night in and night out. But, um, I, you know, I, I could barely tell you our schedule for the next three or four games. Obviously, I know we're going on the Tampa trip, but other than that, I... I have no clue who we're playing except for tomorrow. Why is it important that athletes keep that mentality as opposed to looking too far ahead? You just want to stay in the present. I mean, if I start worrying about, you know, that we go on a tough road trip to play Tampa, Florida, I mean, you're going to look past Pittsburgh and and uh, I think Seattle yeah. on Monday. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you just got to stay in the present and uh, not worry what, <laughs> what you can't really control at the moment. Rasmus Anderson. Lots on Chris Tanev uh, and his departure from the Calgary Flames and what it means for guys like Rasmus Anderson who are here, you know, for the foreseeable future in Calgary and how they're going to try to balance things out going forward. And as we know, it's still uh, with one more shoot and drop as Noah Hannafin's fate uh, seemingly set in stone between now and next Friday. Uh, let's hit up the text line at 960-960. Lots on uh, Mika Kiprasov. Uh, excitement for Saturday night at the Scotiabank Saddle. You can send those in all show long uh, at 960-960. Really looking forward to Saturday. I'm jacked up about it. Um, Going to be one of the coolest moments of the Dome this season. And um, we're excited to hear from Mika in hour two of the program as he addresses the media uh, back in Calgary. But we're going to start off with uh, this text here. Uh, former producer Alex, uh, Alex Brody, texting in, Logan, can you get me a Kipper Cup at the game tomorrow? No, Alex, I will not. Uh, Wedley in Bridalwood says, Kipper, 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 oi, 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 Kipper, oi, Kipper, oi, Kipper, 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 oi, oi, oi. I'm just beyond excited to get Kipper back. I have no idea. I don't even know this afternoon how much he's going to talk. He's just, it's not his thing. Um, He's got lots of great teammates who have, have plenty of great things to say about him. This might be the shortest Jersey retirement speech in the history of Jersey retirements on Saturday. I could care less. The guy deserves it. The memories, the moments that Cam played on the intro today, it just got me so amped up. And it's just, we've been lucky to have Jacob Markstrom here in Calgary the last couple of years. 
but the gap between Kipper and Markey here made you miss Mika Kiprasov more than ever. It was just a, you penned him in night after night after night, and you had a chance to win, and you knew he was going to do something special. Just the best. Um, I had said Kiprasov day is Saturday. This text says we should make it Kiprasov weekend. I wouldn't be against that one. Uh, Brian texted in and said, Flames should be a lot further ahead in the retool if Hannafin would just re-sign. I, I don't disagree, man. I really don't. But I, I just, again, if, if a guy doesn't want to be here, I think it's best to move on. Uh, he clearly, I think the Flames have made uh, as competitive an offer as anybody has. I, I think they value Noah Hannafin as much as the next guy, but the reality is that a lot of these contracts coming up at the same time, uh, how Craig Conroy's gone about his business and deciding to, you know, sort of retool on the fly. It's not for everybody. And I don't blame Noah for that. I'm not going to hold anything against him for that, but yeah, you're right, Brian, at the end of the day, if you had a guy like Noah Hannafin going forward, it would feel pretty cool. Uh, if you were the Calgary Flames, because you're going to miss him a lot uh, over the next couple years. Uh, Matt and Cochran says, hey, Logan, after seeing Yager suit up for warmups in Pittsburgh after his jersey retirement, how cool would it be to see Kipper lead the team out tomorrow night? Uh, it would be incredible. I would love to see the Kipper soft pads back out. Uh, I would love to see him don one of the iconic flaming skull masks for one more time. Um, Again, I have no idea what goes through Mika Kiprasov's head. I don't know if he wants to put the effort in to do that, even for one more warm-up. Uh, but it sure would be cool, Matt. I wouldn't blame you for that. I would love to see that. Um, this text says, It's just a shame to see a team that had Monahan, Bennett, Johnny, Matthew Kachuk, Chris Tanev, Noah Hannafin all be reduced to this logo. Makes me so, so sad. Uh, and this one before we go to break. Real men will shed a tear when Beasley beams one last Mika Kiprasov through the dome speakers. Uh, yeah, real men will shed a tear. Everyone can shed a tear uh, on Saturday. It's going to be something special. We're looking forward to it again in hour two. If you're listening on the podcast, uh, we're going to hear from Mika Kiprasov for the first time since coming back to Calgary ahead of his Jersey retirement. And uh, if you're listening live just after 2.15 p.m. this afternoon, Mika live at the Scotiabank Sound Dome addressing the Calgary media. We're going to take a break, come back on the other side. Let's talk about Calgary's current goaltender and some really interesting comments from Jacob Markstrom following practice at the Dome on Friday. Uh, you don't want to miss what Jacob Markstrom had to say. It's next when Sportsnet Today returns on Sportsnet 960, the fan. All right, so next up for the Calgary Flames, Saturday at the Scotiabank Sound Dome, it's the Pittsburgh Penguins in town. Sidney Crosby and company be along for the Jersey retirement ceremony of the one and only Mika Kippersoff. Hear from Kipper a little bit later on this afternoon. We're kicking off this segment talking all things Jacob Markstrom. Now, if you weren't aware, Jacob Markstrom and Chris Tanev, pretty good buddies, longtime teammates going back to their days in Vancouver. They signed in Calgary the same summer. And it's been a bit of a whirlwind year for Jacob Markstrom. 
a really slow start to the season, first seven games, and the conversation was same Jacob Markstrom from last year. Then the bounce back happens. And since those first seven games, I don't think it's hard to argue that Jacob Markstrom has become this team's most valuable player this season. And they wouldn't be anywhere near the playoff conversation if it wasn't for how good number 25 has been. Now, he's aware of what's going on around him. He's seen Tyler Toffoli, Nikita Zadorov, now Chris Tanev and Elias Lindholm all shipped out within the last calendar year. And he knows there's still likely one to come in Noah Hannafin. And he hasn't been impartial to the trade talk either. You'll all remember a few weeks ago, it was hot and heavy with the New Jersey Devils. NHL insiders from Frank Saravalli to Elliot Friedman to Pierre Lebrun will all give you varying responses as to how close a deal was. But at the end of the day, we know at a minimum, a deal was pretty close to happening in some way, shape, or form that would have sent Jacob Markstrom to the New Jersey Devils. That has intensified those talks in the last couple of weeks. It's decreased in volume at different times, but it still seems to exist. And until the trade deadline passes, uh, Jacob Markstrom's name at least will continue to be one that we monitor for the Calgary Flames. And we've talked so much about the noise and how it affects everybody. You know, Jacob Markstrom was pretty cool, calm, and collected throughout most of this. But the Flames goaltender had some pretty interesting things to say. The first time we got to hear from Jacob since the team traded Chris Tanev to the Dallas Stars, and his name continues to be in the rumor mill. Let's hear from uh, Jacob Markstrom, his media availability at the Scotiabank Saddledome Friday following practice. Jacob Markstrom, the last answer, the one that you'll probably key on, it's the one that's made the rounds on social media and has Flames fans buzzing today about how number 25 Jacob Markstrom feels about his own personal situation in Calgary right now. The quote there, am I the whole situation and everything, am I happy about that? No, I'm not. I think it could have been handled a lot different from up top. Sure sounds like a guy making his feelings pretty well known to whoever he's talking about up top that, you know, his name still being out there potentially how it was handled in the first place with New Jersey, any of that sure doesn't seem to have set well with Jacob Markstrom. And look, I don't know if this is a, an issue that gets sorted by the trade deadline. There's probably something to be said that it won't. And yes, uh, I've seen the, the latest from Pierre Lebrun that the New Jersey Devils reportedly have tried to re-engage with the Calgary Flames and that maybe New Jersey is willing to uh, ease up on the retention side of things if that's what it's going to take to get the deal done. Um, but again, I, I still don't know that that means anything's getting done between now and, and the trade deadline. Do I think that 
it's a conversation that could pump up back in the summertime around the draft um, when potentially you have more available teams. If you're, if you're Craig Conroy, sure. But I think today more than I ever have hearing Jacob Markstrom, I feel like we're looking at the last era of time for Jacob in a Flames jersey. But that's just me. And I, again, I, I come on here, I don't profess to be an insider. I don't profess to have sources. I, I bring you, you know, as much news and as much information from those who I feel are connected and um, worthy of, uh, of bringing it to you on these shows. And Pierre Lebrun is certainly one of those. Obviously a big weekend with uh, Mika Kiprasov getting his number 34 retired. Your thoughts on, on that? Uh, yeah, obviously, uh, you know, fantastic goalie and, uh, you know, well well deserved to to go up in the Raptor with the, to join the other guys there. So, uh, yeah, big night. You mentioned uh, a couple days ago that uh, when you were able to, when you were younger and you were able to stay up at night, you were able to watch him play. Uh, what about his play style or his goaltending drew you to? Uh, I don't know. I, I think just, uh, you know, obviously the competitiveness and, uh, you know, he pretty much played every game and played a lot of hockey and, uh, you know, won a lot of hockey games. Do you, do you have any memories, particular saves or anything that stand out from watching No, that's not really, no. <laughs> when you talk about watching him, was that when he was in the NHL or was that when he played a couple seasons in Sweden? Yeah, I, I, I saw him live in Sweden as well when I was a kid. So, uh, you know, obviously when he played in AIK there, I... Uh, I got to see see him play live, so you know that was, you know, obviously before his NHL career, so you didn't you didn't think much of it. And he was a Finnish goalie, and you know it's a lot of Finnish goalie in the Swedish league. And uh, you know back when I was coming up, they uh, you know obviously over here in the NHL too it was uh, was a ton of Finnish goalie, and they, you know that that's something I think the Swedish people looked at too. Jacob, how tough a day is it today? The first day without Chris Tanev around. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, a void for sure. It's, uh, you know, how he carried himself. And, you know, I'll, I think maybe 10 years or 11 years uh, having him as a teammate. And, you know, I said, uh, said, I don't know how many times I said it, but, you know, for me, he's the, you know, ultimate teammate. And, you know, he's the favorite player that I ever play with. And, uh, you know, I think ever will play with. And he made made my, my job a lot easier. And, and I think it's... Uh, you know every goalie goalie goalie's dream to have a to have a player like that who you know you you're picking teeth from him from the ice and you you know he's breaking bones for you and he's you know never complains and you know speaks you know i can't say enough good things about him as a person and a and a player so it's tough how well what was your last conversation like with him after he got dealt uh well the I don't think it's it's going to be more conversations I think with him, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so we'll, we'll keep in contact. Is, is today you mentioned it's been like a decade straight of playing with him? Is today on the ice and in the room the first time it kind of hits that he's no longer here? Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it's tough. Obviously, it's a big loss for our our team, and you know I'm I'm happy for him to to go and go, go and have a chance and you know to win the Stanley Cup and. Uh, so, so you know, I'm, I'm excited for him, and uh, you know, I know he's excited, and you know, a lot of it's going to be weird for him to to go down to Texas and play. But uh, you know, he's excited, and uh, you know, I, I wish him all the best and all the success for sure. How how do you guys maintain morale then, given a big move like that? How do you how do you maintain belief during this playoff race? Then? 
Uh, oh, you gotta come in and you gotta put the gear on and work. Jacob, have you have you parked any talk of a trade in that in your uh, mind? Is that not going to happen for sure? I mean, I I think there is you know everyone in here, uh, every player in here. I you know I really respect them. You know everything that's been going on and not going on, and uh, it's. Uh, you know how how everyone in in this room have handled handled everything. I think it's been been really good, and then uh, you know the whole whole situation and everything. I'm happy about that. No, I'm not, and I think it could have been handled a lot different from from up top. People, but I'm not going to profess to tell you you know that I I know anything more than what they're reporting. I can sit here and tell you that my own personal feeling. Today, it it sure feels like Jacob Markstrom and the Calgary Flames aren't long for each other anymore. And that maybe as hard as it might be for Craig Conroy to make the move, because we know what Jacob means on the ice. We know what he means off the ice. Just listen the last couple weeks. It's not hard. You would have heard it post-game. You would have heard it from any of these guys at any point. They love that guy. They love the fire. They love the intensity. What he brings as a, as a teammate, as a person. His team loves him. There's no doubt that that would be a massive blow to the Flames locker room. But is it best for the organization if, if Jacob is tired of, of hearing these conversations, of being part of these conversations? If the return is something that you feel is acceptable, if you're Craig Conroy, I don't know. I, I just I, I sit here talking to you on this Friday, and I feel less confident than ever that if you were to ask me next season, when the season opens on the 2024-2025 season, opening night, day one, who's the Flames starting goaltender? I, I would have told you weeks ago I, I thought it was Jacob Markstrom. Because he just means that much to the team. He means that much to this group. And they don't want to take it down to the studs. But if Jacob feels slighted by this process, and we know he hates his name being out there, Elliot Friedman, I think every single time he's he's brought up a report about Jacob Markstrom, and uh, whether it was the New Jersey Devils or just his future in, in general in Calgary, has always put the caveat on it that, the Flames have always tried to be as respectful to Jacob as he can, as they can be because this is the part of the business he really doesn't enjoy. He doesn't like answering those questions. He doesn't like thinking about um, you know, the back and forth of waiving a no-trade clause or having to pick up and, and pack up his family. Whatever it is, it's just not his thing. And I don't blame him for that, by the way. But it's clearly gotten to the point where you know he feels frustrated enough that he's willing to speak out on it and it's raised a lot of eyebrows mine included and I just I hear that from Jacob and I hear a frustrated guy I hear a guy that it's tough even hearing him talk about Chris is tough right it's 10 years as a teammate with that guy it's not easy on these guys even from a from an off-ice perspective yeah it's gonna be tough starting Saturday what's it gonna be like next Saturday when there's no Hannafin and no Tanev, it's only going to get harder. And if you're not, if you're not signed up for it, if that's not where you want to be, 
I can't blame him for that. It was just really interesting to hear, and I think a lot of Flames fans jumped on board with that today and wondered, again, do I think it happens by Friday? I really have no idea. I, I don't know that uh, Craig Conroy's um, task list by the end of next Friday is going to be all those names I listed plus Jacob Markstrom be a hell of a turnover uh, mid-season for this group to go that far. So I, I have no idea if that's what it means, but I, I sure wonder about the long-term future now more than ever for Jacob Markstrom and the Calgary Flames. Uh, 960-960, the fan feedback line open to you. And as I imagined, uh, there would be some interesting responses to this. Uh, this text says, so is he mad because he might be dealt or is he mad because he wants to leave? I, I don't know. I think the process has frustrated Jacob Markstrom. That's, that's what I glean from it, that this process, whoever he's addressing as from the top, and I'm not here to tell you who that is. Jacob knows who it is. I, I don't. It could be the GM. It could be higher than the GM. There's... Uh, whoever he's addressing, he's he's trying to make it clear that he wasn't happy with how this has gone down from his own personal perspective. Um, Matt and Cochran says, how up top are we talking here? Conroy, because he's been dealing with so much to start his, G his tenure as GM, or how about the guy signing your checks? I, I don't know. Matt, I really don't know. Uh, it could be either. It could be both. I mean, up top could mean hockey management in general. Uh, I, I think Craig's tried to be as respectful. That's just how Craig is. But we know at the end of the day, here in Calgary, the guy that signs those checks, as you refer to it, Matty, has a say on what happens with this team. So, yeah, it's it's hard not to uh, to wonder who he's talking about. Um, this text says Conroy has no clue what he's doing. Three points out and he's dumping players. Is he crazy? No, he's not crazy. Um, this is the reality of it. You're not keeping guys who aren't going to be here and, and going. Craig told you what this was going to be. Whether we listened or not was another. And look, there's there's what gets said to the media, and then there's what actually happens behind closed doors. I get it. I understand those aren't always the same thing. But Craig told us day one, if you're not signed up, if you're not committed to the Calgary Flames long term, we are not taking assets away from this organization for nothing. And yeah, maybe it's harder for him to, you know, uh, to swallow that. Knowing that they're they're close to a playoff spot, and first of all, they're not three points out; they're seven points out. Even with games in hand, if you're assuming the games in hand are wins, you have no head-to-heads with Nashville, who holds the final wild card spot. So you're seven points out. This is the path that he told you they were going down, and I don't think it's crazy, but I I think it it makes every sense of of you've got valuable assets. They're not going to be here. You don't let them walk for nothing. The last GM did it, and it hurt this team immensely. Don't make, don't let you know Craig Conroy 
follow the same path as the guy before him. Uh, what else here? Da, 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 da. Uh, this text says, Markstrom needs to go. Wasn't a fan of trading him until now. Played like crap last year, now acting like this. Funny how much of a different comment from Tanev shows character on one versus the other. Uh, time to move him out. This text says, hi, Logan. Although I appreciate Markstrom, what he's done for the team, especially this year and two seasons ago, any player who doesn't want to be here, I say it's time to rip off the Band-Aid and trade him. He can't uh, blame the top as it's the media who stirs the pot. This text says, 365 days ago, Jacob Markstrom was completely untradeable due to his performance at his AAV, according to 99% of hockey personnel, media, and fans. Uh, this text says, uh, Jacob Markstrom is mad because Sportsnet won't keep his name out of the mouth. You're right. Yep. It's just us. It's just us. And there's there's a few people saying that, too. Uh, we, it's just us. I'm sorry. It's just me. We're driving him out of town. It's, yeah, it's really. I am. Do we do we issue a public apology? I'm thinking about it. Yeah. We can have something prepared for. I'll Monday. shoulder this, guys. Yeah, I will. I will wear this. You know me, Mister Push Jacob out of town. Mm-hmm. Same MVP that you've had. Yeah, that's that's me. And it's just us, by the way. There are no other connected sports companies that have have talked about this. No, and this is like, just, just this is not sports talk radio either. No, it's just the me. home of the Flames. This no, is not our job. It's just me and you. We will we will issue an apology. You, you pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, da, 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 what else we got here? Um, this says ever think maybe there was a trade in place that Jacob approved and Murray Edwards is the one that said no. I hadn't thought about that. I'm just kidding. I'm, it could be. I, that's that's one of the very common theories out there. Uh, this one says, no offense with the situation with Markstrom. Do you think the media has fueled a lot of the Markstrom trade hype? Then he hears all the chatter that's been on the radio and Sportsnet. I don't know. It's, it's part of the job. I, I don't know what else to tell you. We're, we're here to talk about sports radio. There was a, a, a deal just about done with the New Jersey Devils. Like, Frank Saravalli told you that it was like the one yard line of getting this done. We're just not supposed to talk about that. That'd be a massive move for this team. And Jacob's clearly not happy about it. We're just not supposed to talk about it. I don't, I don't know. We're being called soft right now. Yeah. Woke. (laughs) (laughs) I I like this one, guys. Relax. You got to have thick skin and. Uh, in your positions, I'm not sure anyone said your name. I know. I'm just, I'm, I'm having fun with the texture because it's uh, when you name Sportsnet specifically, it's I find it funny because there are so many media outlets, and I'm just having fun with that texture. Who said sports? I'm really not. I, I couldn't, couldn't be less offended by that. I, I really don't think it. Uh, how dare Calgary Flames media report on the Calgary Flames? How dare they? It's true. Terrible. And it's true. <laughs> this text says, shocking you guys turn this into uh, drama. Yeah, you know us. <laughs> Pretty dramatic about it. Uh, that's us. Just fuel on the fire. Logan, you have to look at yourself in the mirror today. You've done some disgusting I've things. I've done some really bad things. Yeah. Uh, how do you know the New Jersey Devils deal was close just because two GMs smoked? No, because like 
every NHL insider told you it was close. Name an NHL insider that didn't tell you that deal was so close. I'm not even trying to be like a sarcastic ass about it. Literally every everybody told you it was close. That's that's why we we jumped on it. That's why everybody jumped on it. Um, couple more here. Uh, this text says, "Do people expect Marky to like the situation?" That's and that's an interesting point to it too, right? I mean, he, yes, he's a professional, and yes, he's paid to to win hockey games. It doesn't mean he can't have an opinion on it. It doesn't mean he has to enjoy watching his friends and teammates get traded and to have everyone talk about the future of the organization while you're still here. I imagine that piss a lot of people off. And you have to think with, with Markstrom's spot, when he was with Vancouver, his on his way out, he was mentoring Thatcher Demko and not playing on good teams. And you come to Calgary, you make the playoffs a couple times. He's been in the league for a long time now. And other than last year, he's been a really good goalie. And I, I've seen the text that, yes, he gets paid to play hockey and it's a game and he should just stop. Well, the guy's been doing it for years now and he has every right to say, I, I want to win. Because, he, I mean, he's been the Flames MVP this year. There's no doubt about that. It's not like he's been, you know, middle of the pack. It's not like he's been holding the back at all. He has single-handedly won them games. He has the right to say, I want to win games. All I know is it's got, uh, it got really interesting with Jacob Markstrom, uh, his comments following practice at the Scotiabank Dome on Friday. Um, trade deadline's uh, a week away. Is he part of the Flames' long-term plans? Is he something that gets dealt with in the offseason? I don't know, but it's uh, clearly something that the Flames' goaltender is feeling frustrated about right now. Um, speaking of trade deadline, we're going to have you covered wall-to-wall here on Sportsnet uh, 960. Big show, Sportsnet today. Flames talk, everything on Friday, March 8th. We've got you covered locally all day long. And the NHL trade deadline on Sportsnet 960. The fan brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. This season, trade up to all-star levels of security with cutting-edge locking hardware, master key systems, and access control solutions. It's time to make a strategic move and secure your destiny. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. When we return... More from the Calgary Flames, and we get to hear from Mika Kiprasov, his media availability at the Scotiabank Saddledome, ahead of his jersey retirement Saturday at the Scotiabank Saddledome, and we return to Sportsnet 960, The Fan.